Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news uh, and analysis. Um, And boy, I'll tell you what, big week coming up. We are T-minus seven days ahead of the NFL draft. It's like Christmas morning, New Year's Day, Thanksgiving, whatever your favorite holiday is, all kind of wrapped into one and one weekend. uh, And we're about ready to kick that off. I cannot wait. Uh, Before we get to my co-host, Sam Gordon, and our great and special uh, guest uh, today, uh, I just want to let everybody know, remind everybody, that Vegas Nation podcasts are sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. Without further ado, uh, Sam Gordon, how are you doing, my friend? Man, I'm doing good, Vinny. It's a it's a beautiful time in Las Vegas, right right around there uh, with 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 at Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia fight week, and then uh, with the NFL draft right around the corner. So, uh, really looking forward to everything we got in store and, and doing well on this beautiful Thursday morning. Yeah, absolutely. And it looks like the Oakland A's are soon to be the Las Vegas A's. I think they're done in Oakland. I think that uh, that's almost nearly uh, official. And will they get their stadium here in Las Vegas? Uh, We'll probably get into that maybe a little bit later on or save it for another show. But the A's seem to be coming uh, to Las Vegas. Can't wait for that Uh, as well. I would like to bring on uh, our guest uh, uh, this week, special guest, uh, Chuck Esposito. He's the director of race and sports for Station uh, Casinos. And it's a pleasure to have you uh, here this week on First and Ten, Chuck. I got to get right to it. All right. So I've been covering the draft for years. I've been covering this draft, obviously, on the beat writer for the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, trying to stay in tune with what they might do, with what teams ahead of them might do. And that's where I want to start, because for the last month or so, uh, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that picks number one with the Carolina Panthers uh, after they acquired that pick from the Chicago Bears and pick number two, the Houston Texans. It almost seemed um, inevitable that it was going to be either Bryce Young, number one, and C.J. Stroud, number two, or C.J. Stroud, number one, and Bryce Young, number two. That seems to have all changed within the matter of days. Uh, and I started getting wind of this uh, maybe about four or five days ago, uh, Chuck, but all of a sudden it sure, it sure started sounding like Young was going to go number one to Carolina uh, and the Houston Texans, who we all thought was going to take a quarterback, was not necessarily going to take a quarterback. In fact, now the betting odds, last I checked anyway, is on Will Anderson. I feel and I've been told by people that I respect in the NFL that they are going to go defense uh, with that pick. What happened, man? I'm not sure, guys. First, it's great to be on with you. Um, I think, you know, you look at the Texans, they've got a a new coach in DeMarco Ryan, who's a defensive guy. Um, Maybe that their choice would have been Bryce Young if he's available. But if not, they do pick number 12. And the way the draft might unfold now, and we've heard the, the rumblings that there could be a quarterback or two that does drop. If they take Anderson, too, it still sets them up possibly at 12 uh, to trade up with Atlanta or Chicago um, if Levis or Richardson does drop. And you have to remember, next year's quarterback class, draft class, is extremely rich at the top. So maybe this year they're not going to go and and make a quarterback move. They think that Will Anderson, who kind of had going into the draft, if you go back two or three months, 
It was either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter were the consensus number one guys when it looked like Chicago was on the clock. That, of course, changed with the trade uh, to Carolina. Um, but now I, I easily see them pivoting, and you're right. The odds have changed dramatically um, as far as who the, the number two pick will be, and uh, Will Anderson is the consensus favorite right now to be the second player off the board. All right, so uh, I'll go to you, Sam. Um, that leaves one C.J. Stroud in a little bit of limbo uh, now because picking right after the Houston Texans, and let's play that out, that the Houston Texans uh, dropped Will Anderson. Here come the Phoenix uh, Cardinals at number or is Arizona Cardinals, I should say, at number three. They don't need a quarterback. They've got a guy by the name of Kyle Murray uh, there. So it, it, what happens at number three? And the reason I ask this is at number four, sitting there are the Indianapolis Colts. And I think it's safe to say that they probably will take a quarterback. And this is where it all circles back to the Raiders here in Las Vegas. Um, do the Raiders in anticipation of the Colts potentially taking C.J. Stroud at number four, do they jump ahead of them and trade with the Cardinals in order to get a C.J. Stroud, who I believe they have sincere interest in? Or do they wait and play the waiting game a little bit and think that maybe the Colts are going to take Will Levis, who they've been connected to almost for a month and a half now, thinking that maybe C.J. Stroud actually slides to them to number seven? Yeah, Vinny, I think that's that's a, a great question. And, and we'll I think once we, uh, you know, next Thursday, we'll kind of gauge just how much or, or what the Raiders think of C.J. Straub and what they're willing to do. Here's what I would do. I'm not running the team, but with 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 where things are at and with just some of the uncertainty that goes into this whole thing, the Raiders are in a position where you have a ton of draft picks and you can really build out uh, a really good defense and build out the kind of roster that I think you need to support a young quarterback. Now, could you do both at the same time? Potentially, right? But I, how much draft capital... First, you know, they have to ask themselves how much draft capital would it require? Would it require, you know, picks next year? Would it require another one? You know, how many other teams are bidding? Who are they bidding against? Those those variables all kind of come into play. But I don't think you can go wrong if you're the Raiders at this stage of the game by waiting, seeing what's available at number seven, and find you know if 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 CJ Stroud happens to fall, you take him, and if not, if he if he's gone, there's still going to be premium defensive talents available. And the Raiders, as we know, need help on all three levels of their defense. But I think especially on the perimeter at corner and then up front on the defensive line. Yeah, Chuck Esposito with us. He is the director of race and sports for Station Casino. Casinos, uh, Chuck, I'll, I'll throw that to you. Um, what do you think the Raiders are thinking? And what do you think the Raiders are thinking that the Colts are thinking uh, in terms of that fourth pick? And um, let's just you know play it out one step further. Let's say the Colts do take Will Levis. And all of a sudden, now C.J. Stroud is, where is C.J. Stroud going to land? Could they wait to number seven uh, and, and pick him up? Or do the Seattle Seahawks, or maybe somebody, t- as a, a team that's behind the Raiders, jump up to you know four or excuse me, five or six uh, to pick up a C.J. Stroud? Well, that's what I would be worried about, is that somebody else possibly trades up um, and gets in front of them. Um, yeah, I think that if, if Shroud's their guy and, you know, with uh, McDaniel having a chance to draft a young quarterback and kind of build with him and let him sit behind Garoppolo for a couple of years, I don't think that's a bad thing. Jimmy G, although he's got a phenomenal winning percentage, 
He doesn't seem to finish years or finish seasons. So, you know, this is an opportunity maybe to get that guy. I still think we saw last year, we saw the, you know, all the trades that happened, including A.J. Brown the night of the draft. I'm still not ruling out a Lamar Jackson trade uh, to the Indianapolis Colts on draft day if they could work something out. I think it's a calculated gamble not to trade up if Stroud doesn't go number two, if you've identified him as your guy. You can wait, and you guys are absolutely right. They need help in the trenches, especially on the offensive line. We have odds posted on who will be the first player, position player the Raiders will draft, and corner is really the overwhelming number one choice with guys like Weatherspoon and Gonzalez potentially available at that spot. I think it's tough because I do think there's going to be other teams that are trying to trade up to that spot at number three because we all we know the Cardinals are not taking a quarterback at number three. And if Anderson was their guy, they still have other choices. They have an opportunity to take a few other guys that I know, you know, do they do they take Tyree Wilson then and, and get a really talented pass rusher? Is Jalen Carter in the mix for them? Um, they're in a really good spot right now uh, to trade back with somebody, but the Raiders are definitely one of those teams, I think, that has to consider moving up to that number three spot if they've identified Stroud as their guy. Yeah, and that's the big if. I don't, you know, in, in, in talking to more my sources, I don't think they're going to make a move, even if it's to pick at number seven, a quarterback, if they don't truly believe that that's the quarterback that's going to get them where they want to go to. So any trade up or even pulling the trigger at number seven for a quarterback, um, would, would constitute them truly understanding this is the guy. We're not just drafting a quarterback because we feel like we need uh, a quarterback. You know, Chuck, you mentioned uh, Jalen Carter and uh, arguably the best non-quarterback player uh, in this draft. Just look at the film. Uh, this dude dominates uh, football games. And, you know, we've talked about this on our show, uh, Chuck. If you opened up the dictionary and look for the definition of the Raiders' biggest defensive need, you'd probably see a picture of Jalen Carter. He literally embodies everything that they're looking for in a defensive player, something that they haven't had for years. Um, however, there's issues with Jalen Carter and they're well chronicled. Um, a guy that we were talking about as potentially the first or second pick of the draft. All of a sudden there's uncertainty uh, with Jalen Carter. Where does Las Vegas uh, see Jalen Carter potentially falling to? How far would you do you, is the, is the guess that he's going to fall? I don't think he gets past the sixth spot, guys. Um, we had a prop on the board, Jalen Carter's draft position, over or under six and a half. And if you look at most mocks, he doesn't get past Seattle or Detroit. Yet the betters have felt differently. They have actually played this prop over. And I think that was because of the fact that it looked like now, maybe, you know, or it looked like when we first put it up that quarterbacks could potentially go one, two, three, four. Anderson did that mix then. And it's really only one one spot then for Jalen Carter. But now that that's changed a little bit and there's a possibility that maybe two quarterbacks drop, I just don't see him getting past Seattle at five. I really think that's the spot for him. And if somehow he does, and if you're Detroit, who's really been kind of building this this young team, and there's a lot of excitement about them coming in. They were able to beat the Packers last year in Lambeau on that last Sunday night. You've got Hutchinson on the other end, and being able to put a guy like a three-technique like Carter in the middle, you've really helped that defense tremendously. I don't think he gets past Seattle, but if he does, I don't think he gets past Detroit. I still think he's under the six-and-a-half draft spot. Sam, when we look at Seattle, uh, this is a team that has two first round picks and two second round picks. Could I make an argument that, as Chuck alluded to, uh, not getting past Seattle for for a couple of different reasons? One, 
he is a dominating player that on film um, would, would help any defense. But number two, because of those on-field uh, issues, I could maybe think that Pete Carroll would say, look, is this a risk? Yes, it's definitely a risk. But I also have a second first round pick and two second round picks that if this does implode uh, and and blow up in, 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 our, in our face, it wouldn't be so bad if we hit on our first round pick and our two second round picks to back this up. Is there an argument to be made that there's a little bit of a safe ground for the Seahawks uh, in, in taking that risk? Yeah, I would say so, Vinny. I would say so. And I think you just kind of take a look at the year that they had last year. I mean, they they definitely overachieved. They were a team that I don't think uh, many, many pundits or, or, or journalists or people that follow the NFL expected to have the year they did. And lo and behold, you get a resurgent year from Geno Smith. And, and now there's young talent all over the defense and one of the greatest linebackers in, in you know, of the modern era and a, a great, well-respected veteran in that locker room. And Bobby Wagner is back to potentially you know, provide some leadership and continue to affirm what, what kind of culture Carroll and his staff has been building that would be welcoming to, to, to Carter. Right. And uh, so I think that, and plus, like you mentioned that the, 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 the resources that they have beyond their first draft selection gives you a little bit of leeway. They're going to be able to add some talented players and, and guys that are going to be able to come in and produce right away. Like chances are they're not going to hit on everybody. So the more swings you have, the better, and you can afford to maybe take, uh, some uh, you know play, player of, of Carter, Carter's magnitude, despite maybe some of the concerns that other teams would have. Chuck, it always feels like every draft, especially when we're talking about multiple quarterbacks being considered and talked about uh, as high first round picks, it's almost inevitable that one does fall. You've mentioned two that could possibly fall: Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Um, who's going to be the quarterback of these quarterbacks? that we're all feeling bad about as the draft kind of lingers on through the first round, we're starting to get into the teens and maybe the late teens and maybe a quarterback that we thought could go top five is now all of a sudden uh, taking a major slide. I don't think any of the four, Vinny, to be honest with you. I think it's such a quarterback-driven league. And if you looked at the teams when the season ended last year and who was starting for each one of these teams and the kind of quarterback carousel in the offseason and all the movement, I think that's the reason that you look at these guys and maybe they're maybe they're franchise quarterbacks, maybe they're not. But the reason that they're so that they're projected so highly is because it is a quarterback-driven league. I mean, it looks now, if you go back several years ago, that both the Jets and San Francisco missed – on Wilson and Lance. I think there's a chance that Lance gets moved draft day, especially to the Minnesota Vikings, if they somehow miss out on, on Hendon Hooker. But I think you're going to see all four of these guys go within the top 11 picks. I think if one of them happens to, to still be on the board at number 11 when, when Tennessee drafts, that they pull the trigger on somebody, I just don't think anybody gets past you know, 11 and especially 12 with, with um, uh, the Texans on the clock again, I would say 12 is the furthest that the last one of these guys would fall. In my opinion, I don't think we're going to see one of them in the late teens or early twenties where teams are scrambling to trade up. I think there's too many quarterback needy teams. And again, at 11 and 12 with Tennessee and the Texans, I see no way that, that a quarterback gets past those guys. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And I know you uh, and Sam uh, have some numbers to talk about uh, for this week. So I'm going to uh, turn it over to uh, to Sam and Chuck. Chuck, it was a pleasure uh, talking to you. I'm going to bid farewell at this point, but you guys have at it. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. 
with 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. Appreciate the baton, Vinny Chuck. Welcome back to the show. I wanted to get into some of the more specific um, props as you guys have available uh, this next week for the NFL draft, you know, to follow up regarding the quarterbacks, uh, four and a half, right? Total set at four and a half in the first round. We know the big four in this particular draft class, but uh, what are the chances? I mean, look, plus 105 for over four and a half, minus 135 for under. That suggests that, hey, look, there's a real chance that maybe somebody like Hennon Hooker sneaks into the, the, the 20s or, or, or early 30s in the first round. Again, I think it goes back to the the conversation we were having, Sam, and that that it's such a quarterback-driven league that you have an opportunity to grab one of these guys in the first round. And the key is you have that fifth year. You have that fifth year option that I think becomes paramount when you're looking at quarterbacks. Like Hooker comes off a big injury. He's a little bit older of a quarterback. He's 25. But without the injury, I think we are talking about Hooker being a surefire first-round pick. You've got teams like Minnesota who, if they miss out on land and they don't trade up, you know, I could see them being in the mix. I think Minnesota is really the key. If that if that goes over four and a half, I think the Vikings are the key uh, for that to go over four and a half. Absolutely. Again, tons of of great props, fascinating props, interesting props to the, that that uh, users can check out on the Station Casinos app uh, regarding the NFL draft coming up next week, Chuck. Uh, just running backs, right? Um, we don't see a lot of running backs drafted in the first round anymore. What, what, are, what, what do you feel like? Where, where is the line at with that? And what do you see as possibilities for running backs to go in the first? Uh, it's probably one for sure. And after that, I think it's anybody's guess. I, I think Robinson is going to go in the first round. I mean, he's been teased at even being a potentially top 10 guy that, you know, Chicago, would they actually put Robinson in the backfield with, with fields? Um, he's looked at and projected to be even a better pro, pro prospect than Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, where does that slide in? Philadelphia, who parted ways with Miles Sanders, would they, they're a team that is, is offensive talent rich. Could, could they reach out and get Robinson? I think he's going to go earlier than most people think. We haven't had a quarterback uh, running back since Barkley go, um, you know, in the top 10 like that. But, but I really think Robinson is, is a, is a phenomenal talent. He's great in the passing game, which really adds another element in today's NFL. I think he goes in the top 15 picks and it wouldn't stun me to see him go somewhere around that 10th pick. Chuck, zooming out big picture, uh, of course, the draft is always the, the 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 hope, right? Every team has hope at this time of year. What teams do you feel like have the most particular intrigue in terms of what position, who 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 they might take? Is there are there particular teams that that you've identified where hey, maybe there is a little bit more of a question mark than other teams that hate like a Carolina, where you're obviously taking a quarterback. I'm going to go back to to Detroit, and you know they've got the two number one picks. Uh, they pick at six, and they, they pick again at 18. And, you know, if Robinson were to slide, you know, they parted ways with, with Williams, who who led the league in touchdowns. Swift hasn't been able to stay healthy. They did sign Montgomery for the Bears, but is Robinson too good of a prospect to kind of pass up with that young offense? I think Detroit sits in a really good spot, either to grab two key 
defensive players to help that defense go along with that offense. I think they're a team that's definitely trending up right now. Um, so for me, even though I'm a big Bears fan, I'm going to say Detroit really is intriguing because of where their two picks are and where guys could potentially drop. I also think, uh, Sam, that you're going to see, like you did last year, a number of trades. You know, Is a Delvin Cook traded? Um, what ultimately happens with Aaron Rodgers? Is Trey Lance traded? I think there's going to be more kind of trades with veteran players um, early in the draft like we saw last year than we had maybe the previous 10 years. But for me, again, Detroit is kind of a key clog in this, picking at six and then having another pick at 18 with potentially Robinson maybe still on the board at 18. Yeah, Chuck. And then I guess, again, generally speaking, being that there may be some trades with some marquee players around the NFL, how much do future odds, if at all, how much do they tend to shift after the dust settles with the NFL draft and, and how much does this kind of process shape up the market moving forward? You know, Sam, they're not going to shift dramatically based on um, just the draft itself. Maybe, you know, again, getting to, to Detroit or, or Seattle teams with multiple picks, depending on what they're able to do moving up and down the draft board, they could drop slightly. None of these teams that draft a young quarterback, is it going to change their odds dramatically? No. What does change the odds is if, say, Lamar Jackson is dealt, say, to the Colts on draft night, that will dramatically change both the Ravens' odds and the Colts' odds. So I think the trades have a more impactful um, kind of uh, um, impact on future book odds. I don't think there's a, a, a polarizing enough player right now. There's not a Peyton, Peyton Manning or an Andrew Luck, at least the way it looks right now, that's coming out. So although a lot of these quarterbacks have a lot of potential and could be superstars at the next level, I don't think there's one that really moves the needle um, enough with the future book. But Lamar Jackson would most certainly move the needle if he was dealt to the Jets or to the Colts. I'm sorry. Chuck, before we let you go, any other marquee storylines that, that you're interested in or that you identified uh, before next week? Yeah, I think just, again, it's the quarterback, Sam. It's such a quarterback-driven league. And, you know, where do teams value guys like Stroud and, and Richardson? Levis is more of a big type, big quarterback with a big arm. Um, maybe not you're your quite the same type runner as some of these guys are, but he's more maybe in the Josh Allen mode a little bit. So where do teams value these guys? And, and are there going to be multiple teams that want to trade up because it is such a quarterback-driven league? Um, interesting that Will Anderson might go number two. And if that happens, I think it's really going to be interesting at number three to see what ultimately happens next Thursday on draft night. Chuck, we appreciate it. We appreciate your expertise is always looking forward to the NFL draft. Again, so much optimism for all 32 fan bases and certainly a lot of optimism uh, here amongst Raider fans who look, this is the number seven overall pick. It's nothing to sneeze at. You get a potentially super impactful player, whether it be behind center or elsewhere. Looking forward to following along and catching up afterwards. We appreciate your time. All right. Sounds great, guys. Always enjoy jumping on with you. And uh, should be an interesting uh, night next Thursday, that's for sure. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. 